eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's his status with the organization going forward? Yeah, um, so Matt is uh, is in our AAA rotation, um, and that that's his status in, in the organization at this time. All right, well, that was Chris Chris Curtis from the morning show asking uh, Red Sox GM Brian O'Halloran um, about Matt Dermody. And obviously last week, Dermody gets called up, uh, find out that he's got a bunch of crazy, you know, tweets, uh, you know, about uh, during Pride Month. Uh, I mean, it just got real ugly and crazy. They let him pitch anyways, and then they DFA'd him right away, Lou. How do you think they handled that whole situation? Poorly. You know, I'm trying to figure out why he's still here. You know, and it isn't about one. I mean, because you know, he still they pitching. Yeah, other things, you know, t- tweets in the past. And and the bottom line is, is that there's a thousand Matt Dermodys out there. You know what I mean? And, that's just, and that is the reality of it. Even if he was a star, you would be concerned about it as well. But you're talking about depth pitching. Um, you know, I was reading that article with Bloom, and he was talking to Alex Spear, and he made some conversations, and one of the quotes was like, we didn't have all the conversations that we should have. That's something that we can't undo. It happened. We really regret it. I really regret it because it caused so much pain. So when he took him off the roster, you you kept him in the organization? Like after realizing that you made a lot of mistakes with this guy and that you regret a lot of things? And last night he's pitching in AAA for Worcester down in Norfolk Tide on Pride Night. So I'm just like, is he uh, – He's no longer depth in your organization. Do you agree? Like he's not coming back to the big leagues to pitch. He's correct? not worth it. Is I guess but he's the not ultimate. Yeah, good. Well, that's my point. So he's not worth it. So, so why yet is he you still, still? Why are you? I don't. Why know. is he here? Like 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 Don Sweeney made the same mistake, right? With the Bruins, that whole fiasco. Yeah. They were for ten days. They signed that kid, then they released him. Well, the Bruins went on and won eighteen of the next twenty games. You know, and people were like, ah. Right. But it just it, it, recognizing the situation <laughs> where you are playing. in an organization, like the last couple of weeks. Things happen, and this kid takes the mound. That thing blows up. I didn't know anything about it until the media got a hold of it, too. And it's it's like, okay, I mean, you're in a spot right now. Where you, do you really need this? Is this really worth it? And, you know, you DFA'd, you released Hoppia, and I was surprised that they actually DFA'd and, and, 
and kept this guy. Like, I just don't understand why it's even why, – why even bother? Well, here, if you want to uh, ask a, a question to Lou regarding the Red Sox or really anything, if you just miss Lou, 617-779-7937, <laughs> you can get your calls in now. Big deal, no big deal at 1220. Lou, I mean, how do you think overall Bloom has, has done? As, I, it, well, here's I, the thing just, with Bloom. If you can just – I don't want to grade it because I hate grades, but how do you think he's done? You're basing on results, not good. You know what I mean? But he has – the one thing I can give him credit for, like, he has a plan. You can disagree with him, but he is going to stick with his plan. The question becomes, will he be around long enough to see the plan? You know, and that is an answer only ownership can handle. Like, if they look at it and and they say, okay, what is the future? And I see some young arms, and you hit on Yoshida, and Devers is locked up, and Story will be back, and, and what is the future? Where are we headed if they put something in front of those guys and say, you know, this is the year. You know, we got a lot of guys under control, cheap dollars. This is where we're going. I'm targeting this guy. You know, we get a veteran ace or a veteran top-of-the-line rotation and, and things like that. But it's like right now, I mean, you can't run away from the fact that your team is, like, rebuilding again. You know, it's like four years. It's not easy to do. Don't get me wrong. But, you you know, you're the Boston Red Sox. You know, and you you are in last place. You know, and it's just people wondering what the direction of it is. So I, I don't know what the future holds for him. He's got some guys down the minor leagues. I look for impact guys in the minor leagues. I know Marcel Myers is one of those guys. But it's like, what is coming? How long, you know, before you become the Red Sox again? How long do we sit here and bitch about overpaying for a guy? Because that, that's the Red Sox way. <laughs> it's like that's the Patriot way. It. That's the Red Sox way. And I know way, it's messed up, crazy. but it's like at least that's like going for it, right? At least that's like recognizing talent. You know, like I, listen, I think this this team is full of, of good players that have, but the team itself has a ceiling. You know, right now, so it's like when you get to the point where like the ceiling is very very high. The ceiling is competing for the AL East. The ceiling is you know winning the American League. The ceiling is winning a World Series because I don't think this team has that ceiling. This team can compete. They've shown that the first 40 games. Where the rest of the season goes, I don't know. But you got to get to where that ceiling is high again. So you talk about the stats and, you know, what the record is. And so I saw the other day, uh, let's see, that was it the second loss? It was an ugly loss to the Rockies. Pete Abraham was basically, I'm just going to paraphrase for him, uh, you know, listen, when is enough enough when it comes to Bloom, when it comes to everything that's going on? And and in that article, he was talking about he listed the their their record. He said the, now this is a couple of days ago, so the, the 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 numbers aren't updated, but you'll get the picture, Lou. So the Sox are twenty two twenty eight and two twenty five in the last four seasons, one twelve, one nineteen in the last two seasons, uh, and have had only four home sellouts this year, and have been in last place all but twenty seven days since last July twenty six. That that is not impressive. No, and I would say. You know, I almost feel like, you know, your your reaction to Bloom and your opinion of Bloom should have been delayed a year based on the fact that he was hired, like, during that COVID year. Like, he gets hired, COVID hits. You're pl- you're, it's, a, it's, a, it's a terrible schedule, half games. Uh, you're bringing guys up left and right. It's almost like, okay, let's just wait till this is over. And then the next year was, like, his first year. But, but these numbers still, even if you just go by over the last two years, are pretty crappy. Mm-hmm. It's like that 2018, uh, not 2018, what was it? One of them made the playoffs, 2021? Yeah. 2021, where they went to the um, championship round, didn't they? Yeah. Against Houston. Yeah. And ended up losing to Houston, but it's been a long time since then. It is. And when you try to 
you know, when you build through the minor league system, as we, I mean, obviously it takes time, especially when you're drafting high school kids. Like when Bloom took over, now all these prospects are talking about, you know, Dave Dombrowski who gutted the minor league system. A lot of these prospects that are at this level now are from Dave Dombrowski. But everybody was saying how he gutted the farm system. Well, they were all in A-ball. So if Heim Bloom is out of here in a year or two, in three years from now, all these prospects that, oh, Bloom's the one that drafted him. Bloom's the one that developed him, right? It, so it does take time. The question is, can you separate the two? Can you draft, develop, have strong minor league system, but still recognize that at the big league level, this is what we need? This, you know, when Trevor Story goes down in June, January, you know, is there a move that we can make that can solidify the middle of our infield, you know, defensively? You know, that's, you know, and Yu Chang was the answer, you know, as far as bringing somebody in for depth. He's hurt. He's a good defender. But it's like, you know, are there other moves to make to compete at the big league level, to really compete at the big league level, while we continue to develop and buy myself two or three years where this next crop comes up? That, that's the tough part to swallow, to sit back here and say it's a complete rebuild and we're just this is the way it is. Because, you know, you sat around at first base for two years in the hopes of Tristan Casas. And then Casas comes up, and what happens? He acts like a rookie. It's really hard. You know, we, Xander Bogarts comes up here, and it was about year four or year five before Xander turned into Xander. It took him True. two. Not every rookie comes up and is fantastic year one, year two. It takes him three years, maybe four years to find themselves. So Marcelo Meyer is the hope for next year maybe. Okay, well, maybe 2027, 28 is the first year he becomes a real, real impactful major leaguer. That's four or five and years away. And none of these guys are even going to be around. I mean, honestly, you think about it. So what, what is your opinion of Costas? Like, based on – so they uh, so Cora benches him, okay, and then he comes out. I'm going to paraphrase because I cannot remember, like, the whole, uh, you know, the conversation – you know, he was like almost bragging about his athleticism and his potential. Mm-hmm. And he it was like almost like dismissive of all the bad plays that he's making. And it's like somebody was telling him he was really good and he had potential, so don't worry about it. But he almost he relayed that verbatim to the to the media. Bad idea on his part? Uh, you know, and I don't know. You know, start, you're still trying to learn the kid and the personality. He's a confident kid. And I don't know if that's like his way of countering the struggles that he is – he is seeing right now, you know, in this league. Like, I'm trying to remain confident, trying to talk about how good he can be and how good he thinks he is and everything else. When I, I see him, and there's just certain things that he just doesn't, you know, again, you know when he's ahead in the count, he's hitting a buck 75. When he's ahead in the count, he's hitting a buck 75. Those are numbers when you're behind in the count. When you're ahead in the count, that's when you eat in this league. When you're ahead in the count, that's 2-0-1-0-3-1. That's when you get the head out. That's when you drive the baseball. That's all your damage. You look up and down the lineup, guys ahead in the count, 350, 8, 950 OPS, 325, 900 OPS. Now they're 8, 750 OPS guys because behind the count, they struggle. He's hitting a buck 75 ahead in the count. Like that can't, you know, that, that, that you can't survive like that, you know. So it's like. So what does that say? If he's if he's hitting so poorly when he's at when he has the best advantage, what does that say about where he's at mentally? Well, I think a lot of it had to do with early in the year. Like he's just fouling off pitches he should hit. He's missing pitches he should hit, and and he's not taking advantage of those opportunities defensively. I thought he would be better. They're working on some things for pre pitch and everything else, but he is he's just struggling right now to, to find his place. He'll draw his walks, and I think a lot of it now is okay. You've had two and a half months to do your routine, to get ready pregame, to do what you do when you play catch, to do what you do in the cage, to do what you do in the flips, to do what you do you know, defensively. You've had two and a month, two and a half months to do that yet, September last year. Now you're going to start doing it our way. 
Now you're going to start taking BP this way. Now you can start doing drills this way. Now you can start, you know, all, why would all they, these Why would things. they give such a young player so much, like, room to kind of, like, fail and figure it out instead of just telling them, yeah, I know you may have been told to do it this way. I know maybe this is the way you figured out you were successful, but everything's different. I, I can't tell you how many, like, like little tricks and uh, of the trade I had from college that actually worked in the pros like, and everything that worked in college, when I got to the pros, nothing worked. I had to learn a whole new system, a whole new stance, a whole new mentality on how to everything. And it took yeah. me forever not yeah. to be thrown to the ground. I still think it's early in knowing who he is. So when you call a kid up and he struggles for the first two weeks, game of baseball is like, okay, you know, whatever. We've, we've, everybody in that coaching staff has been through the same thing. Everybody in that coaching staff has seen guys struggle for the first month, first half of the season, have big second halves, and things just sort of click. So when he struggles for the first two weeks, it's like it is what it is. The first month, okay, let's go. Let's change some things up. We're, ch- we're noticing this. We're noticing that. Month two, it's like, okay, you know, he's starting to maybe, you know, I think after May 1st, he's hitting like 250. So he's like surviving. It's okay. You know, he's drawing his walks. But it's still like the lack of inconsistent, the lack of consistency, I should say, of maybe what they think he can be. After two, three months of seeing the kid work every single day, it's like, all right, now let's start doing this. You know what I mean? And so I, I just, I think it's tough. I think it's tough on him. You know, I've heard people say you don't want to send him down because we're not going to give up on him. I don't think sending a rookie down who struggles for a couple months for a few weeks or a month to catch his breath is giving up on him. I think sometimes. We've seen in the past from some guys that it actually really helps to just sort of reset, regroup, gain some confidence, come back up, and you know, you're yourself again. So, you know, with Turner playing more first base, you know, we'll, we'll see if, like, the little side sessions, the works before the game in the cages, ground balls, we'll see if that really helps him playing, you know, once every three days, whatever it may be. Okay, let's go to Mike in Watertown. Uh, Mike, you're on with uh, Lou and Foye. Hey, uh, miss you, Lou. Just want to say that first. Um, however... Um, I think the problem with the Sox really is that, you know, they were feeling loose. They were swinging the bats. They were swinging the wood. Great. And they were focused on, you know, getting better in the field. And so they got not as loose in the batter's box. Now, all of a sudden, you know, now they're sucking in the batter's box because they're basically on this carousel of just poor baseball. And unfortunately to me, it sounds like Cora is ready to, you know, jump off the prue. Um, Thanks for your thoughts, boys. Like I said, miss you, Lou. All right, thanks. The defense is a problem. You know, they were never a great defensive team, but it was about the plays that they weren't making. Then when you watch other teams make, you're like, you know, I don't know if we have, you know, a center fielder that can go get it like that kid, you know, or a right left fielder that can go get it like that kid, or a shortstop that can make that play, you know. And so some of the plays defensively earlier in the year, like, weren't made that maybe could have been made. But the last three weeks, it's been about errors. You know, it's been about, wow. It's been about throwing to the wrong base. It's like air mailing it to home and letting a guy go from first to second. And then the next pitch is a ground ball. And rather than get out of the inning, the next guy hits a two-run homer. You know, there's little things within a game that give up runs that don't show up in the error column. So, I'm not getting to nearly half the stuff I want to ask you about. <laughs> I'm not, I, but here's so here's our news. Quick little, a quick little adjustment. We see you on the line six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. A big deal, no big deal is coming up next, and I feel mm-hmm. like the, the the. But I still want to ask you a couple more questions. Two more things. So we'll do that for ten more minutes when we come back, and then we'll hit big deal, no big deal. At, we'll call it twelve thirty. Okay, gotcha. Because I think there's a story in here 
that I have always wanted to do. Like, if you've ever wanted to teach your kids or your loved ones a lesson because they don't respect you, because they don't honor you, there's a story out of Germany that will actually make you think about actually trying to pull it off. Okay, so we'll do that at 1230. Uh, but when we come back, a couple more th- questions I have for you, Lou, regarding the Red Sox, High and Bloom, Alex Core. A lot of people are texting in with a bunch of questions. 